Well, church, you've probably guessed that this morning we are talking about mission, and we're doing it with a passage that um, isn't always used for mission, but clearly demonstrates some of the priorities that Jesus had in mind when he ultimately commissioned his people and sent them out into the world. So would you pray with me and we'll study the word. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. Help us to truly figure out how each one of us can do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so on a scale of one to five, one being absolutely pathetic and five being a certified skilled tradesman, I'd like each one of you to rate yourselves on the following skills. Caulking, drywall installation, painting, flashing installation, and if you have to ask what flashing is, just give yourself a one. <laughs> Roofing, electrical wiring, cooking. There are more things on this list, but your pastor can only name so many of her ineptitudes before it starts getting depressing for all of us. But these are the types of hard skills that the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, the group that we're going to go with today, wants to know about the mission teams that they sign up to serve so that they can plan out work projects accordingly. And that kind of physical work is typically what we think of when we think of mission trips, which is okay as long as we understand that there is far more to Christian mission than just that type of physical labor service. When Jesus gave the Great Commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. Remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. And the reason that we want to look at that this morning in relationship to our other scripture is that we need to understand that although we think of mission as building houses, repairing porches, installing running water, there is so much more to it than physical labor or home repair, and we can never lose sight of that, particularly if we want to distinguish ourselves as missionaries of the gospel of Jesus Christ and not just another service team. The primary commission that we've been given as followers is to take the love of Christ out into the world and share it with the world. And brothers and sisters, there are multitudes of ways to do that. So this morning, my goal is to make sure that each one of us leaves this place knowing that God has already given each one of us the skills that we need to be part of his mission. And if we are just willing to offer up what God has given us, Jesus will take that offer and use it to the benefit of the kingdom of God. The apostles gathered around Jesus and they told, that they told him all that they had done and taught. I love how this passage starts. The followers gather around Jesus. They're excited to see him. They want to tell him how busy they've been. Do you have, do you have friends 
like that. They can't wait to tell you how busy they've been. I'm one of those people. If you talk to me, I will tell you how busy I am because I want you to know that I'm a busy person. And they want you to know that they're busy people because somehow busy got to be important. But in this case, the, the, the disciples gather around, and this is probably a fairly accurate description of events. There's no reason to think here that they were bragging or, or complaining. More likely, they're just, they're just reporting in. And Jesus recognizes that, that ministry can take a lot out of you. So he says to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Two things that we want to consider here in 2019. Often, when there is a Jesus ask, meaning that you've been asked to do something, probably within the church, there is this tendency to immediately want to make excuses for our unwillingness to do something by citing how busy we are with other good things. So you can see how this might happen in this passage today. Jesus shows up. They see Jesus coming. You know, when you see Jesus coming, you know there's going to be an ask. Everybody gathers around them because they all want to report how busy they've been because if they're the busiest. Jesus isn't going to ask for more, which is not how it works out in the scripture. And Jesus... Jesus is coming because he knows that there's more kingdom work that has to be done. So they just want to get, ahead, get out ahead of it by laying out the groundwork of, of the good stuff they're already doing. The other thing to notice here is how Jesus changes their setting. Sometimes Jesus pulls us away from our regular routine and the things that we're very used to doing for the sole purpose of giving us a different way to look at the world, a different a different setting, a different way to engage what is happening around us. So he pulls them away, and they're going to get some rest, but then something interesting happens. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. There is such a great need, such a great hunger for the word and hope of Jesus that even when the disciples changed their location to try and take a break, people still found them and rushed towards them, and the greater need was exposed once again. As he went ashore, he saw the great crowd. He had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. You know, there's some skills that they do not ask about on these mission trip inventories. But Jesus reveals the need for them in this passage. One of those skills is observation. The skill of observation. Do you know that there are people who are not very observant? Who do not know what is happening in the world around them? Most of them drive on Cortez Road in the morning on the way to, to school. But another one of those gifts is compassion. Sometimes when we are very task-oriented people, and, and we know that it is our job to paint a wall, we might be so focused on painting that wall that we cannot see what is happening around us. And we don't have an idea of what's really going on, that someone is lonely, that someone is in mourning, that someone is struggling with mental illness, that someone needs attention. So mission teams have to have people who have excellent observation skills 
so that they notice the human need around them. Teams also need compassion, and don't get me wrong, it is a compassionate thing to build someone a place to live, but there is nothing that is more compassionate than stopping what you are doing, no matter how important you think it is, and looking into another person's face and seeing God in them. When you do that, you might discover that for as badly as they needed a running faucet, they just as badly needed someone, anyone, to look at them and acknowledge that they still exist. So we're starting to see that the skills needed for for Jesus-minded mission are far more inclusive than, than what can be done only by certified general contractors. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go to the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. The disciples were not always known for their patience. and In fact, quite the opposite. But even if they had been, let's be fair about this day. This had already been a very long day for the disciples. They'd been giving of themselves. They tried to take a break. The people caught up with them. They just went in for a second round. Jesus has been teaching for hours. Everybody's tired. And there are human limits that come into play when we talk about mission, particularly when it involves mission trips. Because on every mission trip, you're going to always have at least one person one super extraordinary person, the overachiever doer on the mission trip. And that is the person that's going to get up at 5 a.m. and they are pacing the floor, waiting to get out there on their assignment. And they work right through lunch. And then you get to 5 p.m. and it's time for everybody to go home and they'll say to you, oh, just one more project. Two hours later, you're still standing there on the work site. You're exhausted and they're still going. And every mission team needs one of those people one of those extraordinary people, because that's how, that person is the person that's going to make sure that those physical tasks get done. But eventually, the rest of the mere mortals on the team will get tired and exhausted and maybe even a little cranky. They don't want to look bad or lazy, so what they'll say is, you know, we need to give the person in this house that we're fixing some space you know, we need, they, need, they need to get their own dinner on the table. Um, they need to get some rest, a little, little bit of, of respite. So tell you what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to pack it up. We're going to get some sleep, get something to eat. We'll regroup, come back tomorrow morning. The disciples were probably genuinely concerned about the people that had been with Jesus all afternoon and were likely very hungry. But let's be honest here. They were also concerned because they were exhausted themselves. What more could they give at this point? What else is there? Jesus says to them, well, you give them something to eat. They said to him, are are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. And what they found out was that they had five loaves and two fish. Jesus ordered them to get all the people sitting down on the grass. We're we're in groups of 50s and 100s. Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish, 
looks up to heaven, blesses and breaks those loaves, gives them to the disciples before the people, and he divided it and he fed, Scripture says, 5,000 men. Well, that's not taking into account all the women and all the children. So it's in that moment when Jesus says, you, you give them something to eat when this passage starts getting really real and a little bit uncomfortable. With what, Jesus? With what at this point are we going to give? That's the part that scares people the most when they think about mission. How am I going to do this with what I've got? Especially when what I've got is not a whole lot. The first time that I ever led a mission trip, it was to a place called Yeager, West Virginia. And it was a middle school mission trip to go and do home repair in Appalachia, one of the poorest parts of our country. Now, I want you to picture this. Kathy can actually picture it because I was working at her church in Atlanta at that time. I want you to picture this. 22-year-old seminary student, Hope, who has just barely managed the art of changing the toilet paper roll in the bathroom, is now leading a work team of 11 to 13-year-olds. 11 to 13-year-olds out in the middle of nowhere with power tools. So you all have a picture of what this looks like? There's nothing about this that is okay. In fact, it is less than okay. It is dangerously not okay. But there we were, and for whatever reason, we were the team that showed up at that time and that place, and left to our own devices, this was a setup for disaster. Now, the disciples, they're standing there with thousands of people, and Jesus says, feed them. And they're looking around at what they've got, and it's not much. It is not much. It is a 22-year-old leading a team of 11 to 13-year-olds level of not much. But it's what they had. And they were willing to offer it to Jesus. So he took it, looked up to heaven, blessed it, broke it, divided the fishes, and he feeds a whole ton of people. My little ragtag team, we did not have much. We had far less than much. But we were willing to offer up what we had. It turns out that willingness and the ability to follow directions are two things that also nobody ever asks about on a mission trip skills assessment form either, and they should. Because they're probably two of the most important skills needed to be successful in God's kingdom mission here on earth. If you think about it, If we all had good listening skills and were willing to offer that up, then we would all have listened to the Great Commission and the kingdom would have already come. So it is a select group of people that have the skill set to listen to the instructions for their mission here on earth. The disciples, for whatever had already transpired that day, good or bad, they're willing to listen to Jesus and offer up what they had. In the case of this first mission trip, our mission team was willing to listen to the directions of Tom, our site foreman, and to offer up our energy, our youthful enthusiasm, quite a bit of naivete, for the sake of the mission. So that week, a 22-year-old and a handful of 11 to 13-year-olds, the most unlikely and unqualified people on the planet, 
learned how to frame a house and how to shingle a roof, and did not have to even pull out so much as a Band-Aid out of the first aid kit. Pretty darn impressive. When it comes to mission, everyone, everyone is capable of something. It just comes down to your willingness to go with what you've got. And the least, uh, and I speak from experience because here we are, far, far, far removed from 22-year-old Hope, where I am currently the least qualified member of the mission team leaving today that is going to the panhandle. I don't have a lot to offer the team in the way of construction. They know this. I definitely do not have a lot to offer in the way of cooking. Carolyn and I had a conversation, I kid you not, where we were talking about, you know, what happens if the other seven members of the team all fill, fall ill, they get sick, and I'm left to cook. And Carolyn says to me, I already looked, there's a subway across the street. <laughs> <laughs> this is the confidence that the team has in me. But here's what I do have. I'm a pretty decent driver, which they're counting on. Um, I am the source of endless jokes about culinary incompetency. Humor is a good thing to take with you. And there are few people on the planet, very, very few people on the planet, who follow directions as well as I do. So that's pretty much all I've got. That's all I've got, and I'm willing to go with it and let God do his thing. Across the church, we have got a whole bunch of opportunities for mission in this next month. We've got this trip, we've got reading over at Seabreeze, the annual Christmas market, Operation Christmas Child. We're going to need everybody's gifts to make this possible. So maybe your gift, and if this is your gift, I want to talk to you immediately. Maybe your gift is packing for maximum efficiency, right? We need that. If you played Tetris years ago and you were really, really good at it, this is a skill set that God needs in the church. If you're a mathematician, you know a little bit about mathematics, we can use that. You know how to cock a bathroom? Come on, let's do it. Maybe you're good at noticing who or what is missing. We need people like that. I could stand here all day long and list skill after skill, gift after gift, that this church is going to need in the next month, both here and away. But instead of doing that, let me invite you to just use your gift. Just offer it up. Go with what you've got and watch the kingdom grow. So what you got to offer? Let's pray together. Lord God, we, we confess that um, we're, we're human and we feel like there's limitations to what we can do, and we're good at making excuses, and we're good at devaluing the gifts that, that you have given to us, assuming that others have better gifts or more important gifts. And we pray that, that in the coming days, you would reveal in each one of us the things that we've already got. They're already in our DNA. They're already a part of who we are that you're going to use to build your kingdom here. Help us to use those gifts. 
Help us to see them. Help us to offer them to you. In your name we pray. Amen.